0: I doubt any of us would argue with the statement that 2020 has been a pretty tough year. It's been a pretty rough six months. Though COVID didn't become part of our daily language or even concern or impact our daily life until mid-March, news reports began in early January that something was happening. Something that now has infected 6.5 million people worldwide and killed nearly 400,000 people. Even as we're trying to, to re enter uh, a normal kind of life, there's fears, there's concerns about safety, about a second wave of the virus spreading. No one really knows when a vaccine might be available. As a result of the pandemic, jobs have been a loss. The, the economy has struggled. Businesses have closed or are fearful of closing. But it hasn't been the only story, has it? Sometimes one news story seems to overshadow the last one. Remember, it was just six months ago that the President of the United States was impeached but not removed from office leading to even deeper political divides and animosity in our country that's only grown over these months, and I'm sure a fall election isn't going to necessarily bring us all together. And then in recent months, weeks rather, uh, protests following the deaths of Ahmaud Aubrey, Breonna Taylor, and George Floyd, protests that have often led to riots, destruction, violence, increasing the feelings, increasing the rhetoric, increasing uh, the negativity in the world around us. Even the weather's been a little crazy. Remember the fires that were burning in Australia as the year began? Here we are just days into hurricane season. We're already on our third named storm. And some of you, some of us had a tornado go through our neighborhoods last night. Is it global warming? Some would say. There's a lot going on. There's a lot that's making us nervous. There's a lot that's, that's stretching and straining us. And I think it's taking a toll. I feel tired. I feel the strain, and I sense it in all of us. And I've just mentioned the big global things that are affecting all of us that we see in social media, that we see on the news, but I'm also painfully aware that some of what's happening in our homes, in our families, in our personal lives is far more significant and far more difficult. It's been a crazy season. It's been a hard time, hard on all of us. I don't mean to be negative, I don't mean to bring up a a lot of painful subjects, I don't even mean to state the obvious. But I think we just have to be honest, this has been hard and we're not out of the woods yet. I've never experienced anything in my lifetime or ministry like this. And let's be honest, times like this, Test us. Times like this shake our confidence, our sense of safety and security. It tests our optimism for, for progress. Our hope for a better world gets called into question. It tests our courage. You may have even found that your faith has been tested in recent weeks and months. A few moments ago, you heard Ezekiel chapter 37 read by April Ring. Thank you. Uh, Ezekiel is describing a time that, in some ways, is very similar to our own a hard time, a difficult time. Israel, God's chosen people, had lost its way. Injustice had become a way of life where the rich and the powerful were becoming more rich and powerful. But Israel had forgotten that it was God's people and God had called it always to care for the poor, the widow, the orphan, the stranger among them. And then came the foreign invaders, the Babylonians, who had taken their land, who had torn down their homes and the walls of Jerusalem, destroying the temple of God and taking them away to foreign lands as slaves. Everything that Israel cherished was gone. Everything that Israel cherished had been destroyed. Their, their livelihoods, in some cases their families, their homes, their farms, their nationalities, their way of life, their customs, their traditions, their religion, maybe even God's special favor. Nothing they knew was left as they had known it. And it's into that context that God gave Ezekiel a vision. He showed Ezekiel a valley filled with dry bones. I, I want to invite you to, to close your eyes for a moment and try to picture this very strange vision. Imagine a desert, a dry, hot, arid desert Desert, and imagine a, a valley with bones filling the, the valley floor from, from end to end, piles upon piles, heaps upon heaps of, of dry, brittle bones bleaching under the hot summer sun. Those bones representing Israel, the people of Israel. God says to the prophet Ezekiel, these bones are the entire house of Israel. They say our bones are dried up and our hope has perished. We are completely finished. Did you hear the words, the, the, the bones represent the people. We are dry bones. But then the phrase, and our hope is perished. It's dead. Our hope is dead. We are completely finished. Now, God didn't show Ezekiel a a literal valley filled with bones. It it was a a vision. It was a a metaphor. The the people of Israel weren't literally dead. They They were still alive. They were still doing life but it wasn't the life they wanted it it certainly wasn't the life that they had known it wasn't the life they believed God had promised it certainly isn't wasn't the life that Jesus described as abundant or full it was a life of slavery it was a life of hardship it was a life of uncertainty, It was a life of disappointment. They were now far from home, living as slaves, under the rule of those who had destroyed everything they felt was precious. They had lost everything. And so this, this vision of the bones, I think, asks the question, is there any hope? is there a future for israel it, it represents this this burning question in the hearts of all of god's people has god abandoned us i wonder if you've ever felt that way i wonder if you've ever given up hope lost hope i wonder if you've ever in your personal life or in your family your marriage your business, your health? Have you ever given up hope? Have you ever felt like dry bones? Have you ever thought, I'm completely finished? Well, God asks the prophet, can these bones live? God is asking Ezekiel, do you, do you see any possibility here? Do you see any any potential for revival? Is there any hope in in your seeing what's happening here? But Ezekiel responds, I think, in an interesting way. He says, Lord God, only you know. Sometimes we say that, right? God only knows. What's going to happen? When's this virus going to end? God only knows. Who's going to win the election? (laughs) God only knows, right? It's sort of this passive, like, I don't know. I don't know. I don't think that's what Ezekiel's saying. I don't think Ezekiel is being evasive or passive. In fact, I think Ezekiel's response to God is is filled with wisdom. Lord God, only you know. Ezekiel is acknowledging that only God knows what is truly possible. Only God can determine the future. I think Ezekiel is representing for us our role and God's role, and our role is to have faith in who God is, what God is doing, what God can do. Ezekiel represents hope for a God-filled future, hope. What, what a devastating thing when hope is lost. But what is hope? Some call hope a preferred future, even though we don't know the details. We, we can't be certain of the timing or the outcome, but, but it's, it's hope for what could be. Well, for people of faith, it's, it's also putting our trust in God, whom holds the future, in whom all things are possible, Hope is trusting that even in the midst of chaos, even in the midst of pandemic, even in the midst of the storm, that God is present, that God is faithful, that God is good, and that God is working. Hope is what was needed by Israel in that ancient time, and hope is what we need to carry us through this difficult time. Hope hope is what you need to carry you through the struggle. The Apostle Paul writes in Romans 5, 35, we boast in our sufferings. What what an amazing thing to say. We boast in our sufferings. Why? Knowing that suffering produces endurance and endurance produces character and character produces hope and hope does not disappoint us. Friends, we are called to be people of hope, of all people in the world. We are called to be the people who hope, even in the midst of very difficult times. People who hope because we trust God. We believe that there will be a better day. There will be a new tomorrow. Author Anne Lamott says, hope begins in the dark the stubborn hope that if you just show up and try to do the right thing, the dawn will come. You wait and watch and work and you don't give up. Dr. Martin Luther King, who's being quoted a lot these days, says everything that is done in the world is done by hope. Let me say a word further about hope. Hope isn't just a a Pollyanna wishing on a star, a vague optimism. It isn't carrying a rabbit's foot in your pocket or a four-leaf clover or keeping your fingers crossed. Hope isn't just, you know, wishing that things would get better. Hope is grounded in faith in who God is, God's character and nature it's trusting in what we know God can do what is possible with God and let me take it a step further I I don't think hope is passive hope isn't just sitting back and just waiting for God to show up and do something just just waiting you know just waiting upon the Lord to see what happens I believe hope is is trusting and believing in what God can do and making ourselves available for God to accomplish that vision through us. Hope isn't passive. Hope is active. It's a leaning in to who God is and offering ourselves in the process. The great theologian, St. Augustine, once said, Hope has two beautiful daughters. Their names are anger and courage. Anger at the way things are. courage to see what, that they do not remain the way they are. I want, I want to repeat that. Hope has two beautiful daughters. Two daughters. Their names are anger and courage. Anger at the way things are. And courage to see that they do not remain the way they are. I, I'm, I'm curious, as you look around the world these days, what makes you angry? If you're watching on Facebook right now, you might want to offer it in the comments. What, what is it that gets you fired up? And what do you need the courage to do or to say? How's your hope these days? When you look at the, the hard things that are happening around us, how's your hope? And so God gives Ezekiel a vision a, a valley, a vast valley filled with bones, no life, bones drying in the sun. And God asks Ezekiel, can these bones live? And Ezekiel says, oh God, only you know. And then Ezekiel gets this very strange instruction in verse four. God says, Ezekiel, prophesy over these bones and say to them, I am about to put breath in you. You will live again. I will put sinews on you, place flesh on you, cover you with skin. When I put breath into you and you come to life, you will know that I am the Lord. There was a great noise as I was prophesying, then a great quaking, and the bones came together, bone by bone, and when I looked, suddenly there were sinews on them. The flesh appeared, and then they were covered with skin, but there was still no breath. This is meant to remind us of the creation story where God formed Adam from the dust of the ground, but there was no life in him until God breathed his very spirit into his nostrils, giving the first human life. God said to Ezekiel, prophesy to the breath. Prophesy, human one. Say to the breath, the Lord God proclaims, Come from the four winds, breath. Breathe into these dead bodies and let them live. I prophesied. When the breath entered them, they came to life and stood on their feet, an extraordinarily large company. See, this is a story. This is a vision of what God would do. Has it happened yet? No. That's what hope is it's about the future. In the present moment, Israel felt like they were dried up bones and hope was lost. But God is giving a vision. One day, I will recreate you. I will restore you. I will bring you back to life. Israel will have a future. There will be a new day, a new beginning. And by the way, this is the story of Jesus Christ. That sorrow may last for the night, but joy comes in the morning that we might be in the midst of crucifixion. It might be Holy Saturday where everything feels like death and destruction, but Easter comes. This is the promise. Paul says anyone in Christ is a new creation. we We can hope for that. We can believe in that. We can live into that even in the midst of hardship. Now, this man, Ezekiel, he was a prophet of the Old Testament. He lived about 600 years before the birth of Jesus, give or take. Now, now prophets in the Old Testament were, were rare, unique individuals. There weren't a lot of them. They were believed to have been anointed by God to speak for God, to God's people. And sometimes they they spoke with words and sometimes they had visions and sometimes they, they did prophetic actions, deeds. And sometimes their message was comfort and encouragement. Comfort ye, comfort ye my people. You probably know that line. More often, if you read the Old Testament prophets, the words, the deeds of the prophet were warnings judgment, we've strayed from who God has called us to be. And sometimes the work of the prophet is to speak words of hope. The promise of the prophets that one day a Savior would be born was a promise of hope. This message, this vision of a valley of dry bones coming to life is a message of hope. But the prophet just didn't give sermons. They didn't just do things with symbolic meaning, it was understood that the anointing of God meant these words would come to pass. It was speaking life into actuality. It was was making something happen that was godly here on the earth. Isaiah says in, in 55, 10 through 11, as the rain and the snow come down from the sky and don't return without watering the earth, making it conceive and yield plants and providing seed to the sower and food to the eater, so is my word that comes from my mouth. It does not return to me empty. Instead, it does what I want and accomplishes what I intend. It's the work. It's the words of God acted, spoken through the prophet that has the power to restore hope. A valley of dry bones coming back to life. The the promise of an end of of global pandemic. The end of of, of, of recession. The the, the promise of, of a just society where all people can be treated with equity and fairness. The end of racial discrimination and hate and violence and division. We call this the kingdom of God. We pray for this. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. A kingdom of justice, a kingdom of fairness, a kingdom where God provides daily bread for all, a kingdom of shalom and healing, where all will be well and all manner of things shall be well. Brian Stevenson is the author of a book called Just Mercy, and he says, Hopelessness is the enemy of justice. Hear that again. Hopelessness is the enemy of justice. Hope allows us to push forward even when the truth is distorted by those in power. It allows us to stand up when they tell us to sit down and to speak when they say, be quiet. Now, if you were worshiping with us last week, you'll remember that last Sunday was Pentecost. Pentecost is that day that that we remember annually that the Holy Spirit, after Jesus' resurrection and ascension, that the Holy Spirit was poured out on those disciples, those apostles, the, the early church. It was given to everyone. And Peter got up to explain this was promised long ago by the prophets. That that one day God said, I will pour out my spirit, listen to this, on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young will see visions. Your elders will dream dreams. Even upon my servants, men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days and they will prophesy." In the Old Testament, the days of Ezekiel, to be a prophet was an extraordinary thing, a rare thing, not something I would expect, you might expect, but that's not true anymore. Since Pentecost, the Holy Spirit's been placed within each of us. And if the Holy Spirit lives in you, you've been given the gift of prophecy. You're a prophet, I'm a prophet, and our words and our acts and deeds have the power to enact the reality of God. God now works through you and I. And friends, we live in a moment where this world needs prophets to rise up and speak, to prophesy to the dry bones. Joan Chittister is a, a nun, an activist, an author. She describes prophecy as that wild and wise and wild voice that leads us back to spiritual sanity. I love that. Wise and wild voices that lead us back to spiritual sanity. And she says that at every societal crossroad, every pivotal pivotal moment in history, like we're living in, a prophet has three choices. One, to quit. Two, To surrender to the powers that be. Or three, to refuse to accept the moral deterioration of the present and to insist on celebrating the coming of an unknown but surely holier future. Well, obviously, the prophet chooses number three. Prophets don't quit, and prophets don't surrender. But option three requires faith in God, conviction that the world can and will change, and the courage to speak and act. And speak and act we must. We live in a moment where we must prophesy to the bones. The bones of help, hopelessness and helplessness bones of discouragement, bones of injustice, bones of disappointment bones of fear and uncertainty bones of despair Now I, I want to be clear I I support peaceful protest and, and I I understand why it's needed why in in a moment like this people have, have gathered um, for change. Where voices that have felt powerless and voiceless need demand to be heard. Let's not lose our focus by looking at at the extreme things or people that have taken advantage of the moment to do uh, terrible destruction. The, The need for the moment is to rise up and speak, believing, hoping, and change. I'll confess, I haven't participated in any of the protests, mostly because I'm concerned that there might be spread of, of COVID. We don't really know what's happening. I respect those who're doing it. I've chosen not to, but I've tried to find other ways to express my voice. This is one way: my blog, posting on social media. I'm also using this opportunity to learn. I'm, I'm reading. I'm trying to be open to make sure I understand what's happening and what's what's needed. And I'm watching, I'm watching a lot of news. Some of the news is painful to watch, but there was one moment this week that, that particularly moved me. On Wednesday, it was announced that the four former police officers that, that killed George Floyd would all be arrested and charged with murder. The news crews were there in Minneapolis at the site where George Floyd was killed. And and big crowds were there. And and when the announcement was made, almost immediately, almost spontaneously, the crowd of of many different um, uh, colors, black, white, brown, men, women, young and old, all together started singing, We Shall Overcome. That song we all know, We Shall Overcome. Many believe We Shall Overcome started as a a slave song that was sung in the fields as southern slaves picked cotton in that hot summer sun. That song evolved through the years and became the rallying cry of the civil rights movement of the 50s and 60s. And in a moment... A hopeful moment where justice may be served. Angry people, hurting people, hopeless people came together to sing the words, we shall overcome. Those are are prophetic words. Those are words of hope. Listen to the chorus. Deep in my heart, I do believe We shall overcome someday. They're not there yet. There are still systems of injustice. There there are still former officers that are awaiting trial and we don't know how uh, that will go. But, But the word in the moment was prophetic. We shall overcome. Deep in my heart, I believe we shall overcome one day. I wonder, friends, are, are we in a, a valley of dry bones right now? And, and, and what's your response to this valley? Do, do you look at what's going on around us and, and do you feel like all hope is lost? All life is gone. It's just everything is falling apart? Are you like Ezekiel? It says, God, you know. You know what's possible. Are you like Ezekiel, hearing the voice of God speaking to you? Prophesy to the bones. Prophesy hope. Roll up your sleeves. Get to work. Trust in me. Believe a better world is possible. Can these bones live? Friends, join me. Let's prophesy to the bones. Amen.